Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're not just coming to church just because, you know, our parents came to church. We've got to go to church because everybody will think I'm a good person. No, we're here to change. We're here to be motivated to do the right things, to love God, to worship God, to change our lives so he can use us because he wants to use every single one of us that steps through those doors. (laughs) And is that not what we're, we're called to do? He tells us that from the beginning. I'm bringing you in and he chooses where you go. (laughs) and you need to be able to uh, discern what people are teaching okay is this the word of God is this changing my life for the better or am I just hearing repetitious things and it's not giving me any growth amen Um, people go around grumbling and complaining about others about others and never tell the whole story and isn't that remember the the game that people used to play you whisper something in somebody's ear and it goes down the line and then it comes out totally different than what you first started to say and that's scary (laughs) that's scary when you say something and then people repeat it and then all of a sudden it has a new life (laughs) And and it's not always the right life and that's why it's important for us to take, not to take on other people's emotions, accusations, and complaints. Um, because it takes us to a different realm, as it were. Especially when we know little, about, uh, little, know little about it or nothing about it. And it only leads to the wrong spirit. Proverbs 18, 17 says, Any story sounds true until someone tells the other side. And sets the record straight. And isn't that the same in arguing? You thought somebody said something. I remember years ago, Scott and I got into an argument. And finally, I was just listening to us. And I'm like, because I'm not an arguer. (laughs) And um, I was listening. I said, wait a minute. We're saying the same thing. I'm just saying it different. I don't have to say it the way you think I should say it. We're saying the same thing. And then he had to stop and think about it. Yeah, we are saying the same thing. We want the same result. (laughs) And sometimes we have to think about that because sometimes we think um, somebody has to use the exact words that you use or you want them to use, and that's not true (laughs) because we all have different personalities. We all have different ways of explaining things or learning things, and nobody is the same. So we need to remember that. Uh, In today's culture and through social media, people have become an instant judge, jury, and executioner. Once a thirst for power takes over, it's over because it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Being a churchgoer and being saved does not mean you have the right spirit. (laughs) Sometimes people think that. I go to church, I'm right. I mean, like Scott always says, when you first got saved, you really bashed all your relatives you need to get saved you need to turn (laughs) and what does that do pushes them further away so that's not the way to do it amen you can be uh come to church for 10 years but still be filled with unrighteousness unrighteous ambition petty jealousy anger rage and your conversations are always contentious this is why salvation includes the concept of deliverance 
and breaking curses. <laughs> Sometimes we think, okay, I, I invited Jesus into my life. I'm good. No, because we all have stuff we need to break. <laughs> we're bringing something from the world into our Christianity, and we need to make sure that we're severing the world out of our lives and keeping the Christianity values. And uh, thank God that we can break curses because some things are handed down through your family. And I think Scott was talking about that before, you know, like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. So we have to recognize those things and go, okay, I don't want to be like that. I can see now that my eyes are open. That is a curse, especially if it's through your whole family. Amen. I tell you, it's like getting saved and, and living a life set free from negative emotions are two different steps in God's process. Two totally different steps. Korak's story is often repeated by people in the church, as I mentioned previously, that have hidden agendas and will make arguments that don't glorify heaven. Proverbs 14, 12 uh, says, There is a way that seems right to a person, but eventually it ends in death. This tells us that people can easily be deceived. I tell you, the devil is slick. <laughs> He is slick, and so we have to be slicker. <laughs> we have to be more in tune to what God says and be able to identify the enemy when he brings things up because sometimes he slides it in so easy we don't recognize it. Uh, he, he, uh, he deceives us into thinking that their way is right without ever realizing that they were really wrong. Scott always says one of the... Uh, worst spots one can ever be in is that you don't even know that you don't know. He always says that. You don't want to be the person that doesn't know you don't know. <laughs> and that's why we need to be submitted to the power and authority of God's word and judge everything. Judge everything. We all know too well that without the Holy Spirit, when storms and challenges come, people will always return to their pre-Christian pre-Christ attitudes and behaviors. And sometimes it just happens so quick, you don't even think about it. That's why we need to always be constantly evaluating ourselves and thinking about it, you know, after Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that's what it's all about, evaluating yourself so nobody else has to. So we can look at ourselves and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I should change. This is what I need to change. This is what I'm going to change <laughs> because it's going to make me a better person, not only for myself, but for my husband, my spouse, my, you know, my family, or even my friends. Some people lose friends when they become Christians. I, I, a ton of people probably lost friends just because of voting <laughs> this past time. And you think of us like, don't you know me? Can't we agree? Can't we disagree and still be friends? But people are just... Now they're more ruthless than ever. And doesn't it say in the end times this is what's going to happen? <laughs> so it's like, oh, my gosh. Let's just keep our eyes focused on God's word and what it says and, and stop trying to, you know, scope out everybody else's things and pile it all in our mind and then try to decipher it because that doesn't work. <laughs> we got to have uh, our attitudes and behaviors on God's attitudes and behaviors. We want to be like God. We want to be like Jesus. He's our example. 
Uh, so may God grant us deliverance, counsel, wisdom, and patience so we can overcome instead of being overcome. Amen. By now you know that Cork was never interested in becoming the high priest so he could be a blessing to the people. That, that ha- it was not in his mind to do that. What's crazy, like I already said, is he was a Levite and he was called to take care of the altar of God. He was called. God put him in that position with the rest of the Levites. He was already in a high position. And that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. Power-hungry people are only interested in looking out for themselves. Unfortunately, many unsuspecting and innocent people get caught up in Cor- got caught up in Korak's cause and got swept away in the fallout. Some were consumed by fire. Others, the earth opened up and they were swallowed alive. Thank God he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> and another 14,000 died in a terrible plague. And, I mean, just think about how many people that was. To me, that sounded like it was half of the Israelites. <laughs> and it could have been. <laughs> we don't have the exact figures. It's an example of how bad things can happen to good people because all those people didn't get caught up. And it wasn't just a few that Cork was talking to. God included their families. <laughs> he included everybody. The wife wasn't saved. The kids weren't saved because the head of the house, the man, listened to all that. And, it, and he covers the family. And so God took it out on the whole family. He didn't leave any. So we need to remember that, men. <laughs> you cover your family. You cover your wives. So whatever you're thinking or saying, make sure you, it's lining up with the word of God. Because God not only looks at you, but he looks at your whole family. So when it comes to marriage, relationship, family, or friends, there will be times we all have disputes. We all don't agree with everything. But we have to remember that we're on the same team. At the end of the day, we realize we love and care for one another. At, at these times, we have to be committed to the peace of God, his ruling and reigning in our hearts. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can't take that back. So that's why, you know, no matter when you get mad, don't just spew out all the garbage. Don't bring up the past. You know, don't tell them the worst part that you think they have. <laughs> Because really, when you start spewing that out, that's in your heart. So you got to clean up that heart because it's still there. (laughs) And you can't take that back. And you can apologize. You can bring flowers, whatever. You take them to a vacation to Jamaica, wherever. But that is still in your spouse's mind. And you can't can't buy that away. (laughs) Pursue unity and common ground and avoid the things that lead to a win don't lead to a win. Avoid the things that lead to a win just for you at all costs. You don't have to be right. We don't have to be right. (laughs) Not all the time. (laughs) Uh, No two people in the world, no matter how right they are for each other, will agree on everything. We're two different people. Like I tell my daughter in their relationships, it's you, you have your personality and what you believe. The other person has their uh, personality and what they believe. Now you have to come together through God's values, what he, his concepts, and become one. And that is a hard task. But that's what God wants us to do. Amen? 
So you have to learn how to talk through differences without blowing up or, or having to be right. If your relationship includes lots of praise and compliments, you're on the right track. <laughs> and, then, and it will bring, un, bring it under God's influence and will keep the devil's influence out, which is what we want to do at all costs. We want to keep the enemy's influence out of our relationship, out of our lives, so we can walk in the blessings of God. Working on improving these things, which is part of repentance, is best done when you're not in the heat of the moment. Because <laughs> it's too late when you're all heated up and everything is going crazy. Uh, you'll never get much accomplished with tensions and emotions are running hot. You, you can't because you're not thinking. Your mind is all a blur. Uh, and it's confused. Your mind is confused when you're all in the heat of the moment. And who's the father of confusion? <laughs> so we need to remember all these things when we're getting stirred up. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> so you have all your faculties and know, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. And sometimes you just need to step, stop and step back and, and reassess what's going on and then go, okay, and just try to calm everything down. So, okay, we need to talk about this. Let's see what we can do. But let's see what we can do with God covering us. Amen. We need to review God's principles for a happy relationship when things are not going smoothly. After all, it's part of our Christian journey and uh, the process of becoming more like Jesus. And I tell you, Jesus did a lot of things, so it's like, how in the world did he do that? <laughs> how could he just do all the goodness that he did? And it's like, thank God for the Holy Spirit. That's why he tells us, don't go anywhere, don't do anything unless you have the Holy Spirit, until you get the Holy Spirit, because he will bring to our remembrance the things that we need to know so we can walk in righteousness. And I remind God all the time, thank you, Father, that I am, your, I'm, am righteous. I'm a righteous person. And I remind him that your word says that I am righteous in your sight. <laughs> so, so even when I'm at my worst, he still looks at me the way he sees me. Ha yes, hallelujah. And I'm glad about that. Um, and this is what leads to some of the much-needed breakthroughs that we need in our lives, is when we uh, you know, want to become more like Jesus and reassess the things that are going on in our lives. It also leads to some valuable insights on our part so we can hone in on those, uh, take those, keep those, get everything else out, and it keeps us on the straight and narrow path. Amen. Here's a few hum humorous things that Scott found to help describe or decipher the marriage code, as he put it, the marriage code. <laughs> when a wife says to her husband, we need to talk about our relationship, uh, it actually means we need to talk about what you're doing wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, that is not true. He said, I'm just put, uh, showing what, you know, what I've heard. <laughs> when a husband says, fine, let's talk. In cold, that means, okay, but let's get this over before the game starts. <laughs> Which he does that. <laughs> Even though I want to watch the game too, but we got we to gotta hurry up and do this stuff so we can, the, the game's going to start. <laughs> when a wife asks her husband, do you think she's pretty? This is... <laughs> This is code for, I hope you're not dumb enough to admit she's more attractive than I am. <laughs> uh, when a wife asks, does this outfit make me look fat? The code is, you either tell me how great I look or you're asking for trouble, Bubba. 
<laughs> when your husband asks his wife, honey, is everything okay? Is that when the wife gets quiet and doesn't want to speak? <laughs> we all know that's witchcraft. <laughs> uh, when he says, honey, is everything okay? The real translation is, honey, what did I do wrong this time? <laughs> Love is blind, but marriage, but in marriage it can be a real eye-opener. Or as they say, behind every successful man is a woman rolling her eyes. And I'm like, where do you find these things? <laughs> where do you find these? Because all of that we all know in here, that is not all true. Sometimes it can be. <laughs> but, you know, when we change and grow in God's word, we don't have to, that doesn't have to mean that. Not in our marriages anyway, amen, or our relationships. Here's the 10 golden rules for arguments. Hope I get through all of them. Uh, number one, start by making God your referee. Having a happy outcome is more likely when you invite God into your relationship. Sincere prayer, study, church, and so forth is always a game changer. If you're a Christian and are fully submitted to the Lord, then you are also submitted to the authority of his word. He's our ultimate authority. God's word becomes your mediator and umpire. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the Spirit of God rule your hearts. Let the peace of God act as a referee in your emotions and in your decisions. Let the Holy Spirit tell you when you're about to hit below the belt. Because <laughs> he will tell you if you're listening. <laughs> this means when it comes to arguing, certain types of behavior used to be flagged as unsportsmanlike conduct. Remember, you love one another, so make things a win-win outcome for both of you. In other words, only, you only win if you both win. Amen. Number two, treat others the way you want to be treated. And sometimes we forget that. Okay, do I want somebody arguing at me and following me around the house, arguing as we go? No. <laughs> so I don't want to do that to anybody else. This is the golden rule from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. To become more like the Lord, we need, to, we need this principle to dominate our thinking. Look at it this way. Your spouse, your children, your family, and friends are the single most important people in your life. Love them. Don't hurt them. Learn how to disagree agreeably. And absolutely learn to avoid cheap shots. Don't bring up stuff in the past. Don't, you know, nitpick. Character assassination is totally off limits. The argument and whatever cause it will soon be, a, be forgotten, but the cruel things you say will be remembered for years. So we need to remember to put a guard on our mouths, right? Romans 14, 19, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. And that's what we want to do in our relationship. We want to be edifying one another. Number three, your goal is a solution, not being right. You're not always fighting to win a debate. You're discussing ways to improve your relationship. So always, always, always ask yourself, what's best for this relationship? What's best? Not what you want for the relationship, but what's best. Remember, if you're in uh, competition mode, even if you win the battle, you end up losing anyway. It's not a competition. There's always a price to pay when you try it. Uh, and one-up somebody. 
Number four, stay on topic. Don't play archaeologists <laughs> and, dig and keep digging up the past. An argument about one particular subject doesn't give you a green light to bring up every single thing that somebody has done or that bothers you about the other person. Uh, as tempting as it is, it might stop, it might stop bringing in up old thing issues, but keep the conversation in the present. Don't be tempted to keep bringing up the past. Divorce, number five, divorce uh, threats are always off limits. The D word is always off limits. Don't uh, play prosecuting attorney and treat your spouse like a hostile witness. Uh, <laughs> threatening to leave your partner doesn't solve problems. It creates longer-term problems. <laughs> and it also creates instability. It creates insecurities in the other person, uncertainty, and a, t a lack of trust is what that does. Uh, they last a lot longer than the argument, amen? Uh, they overgeneralize over and are seldom uh, true, are seldom true, and... Um, and don't really mean a whole lot when you when you think about it when you when you decide what was I thinking what was going on I'm sorry you you figure out that it wasn't worth it number six don't argue in public <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen people arguing in public you know even in the church lobby and it's like hello. <laughs> Not only are you putting each other in an embarrassing situation, but it's very uncomfortable to the people who are seeing it or witnessing it. They don't know what to do. They don't know if they go up there and try to stop you, if you're going to turn on them. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you just leave them there arguing, which is even worse, especially if it gets physical. Amen. It forces them to take, it forces people to take sides. Even, even your children, when you're arguing, they hear it even if they're in the other room, you know, and, if, and it does force them to take sides. Uh, also, never get into name-calling, cussing, or threatening physical harm. Uh, it's abusive and leads to something even worse. Number seven, be willing to admit mistakes. Contrary to culture, to pop culture, love does mean having to say you're sorry. <laughs> Uh, also be forgiving. Forgiveness is part of the growing and nurturing process. Forgiveness. And the Bible doesn't the Bible tell us? Forgive the people so God can forgive you. Colossians 3.13 says, Be tolerant with one another and forgive one another whenever any of you has a complaint against someone else. You must forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven you. Uh, if, you, if you've done something uh, hurtful to your partner or behaved in a way that was unkind, own up to it. Once this happens, you'll be making progress and things will begin to improve in your relationship or in your friendship. Uh, number eight, be a good listener. Don't always jump the gun and play psychiatrist. <laughs> You're not a mind reader, so don't always try to tell your partner what they were thinking. And, and it's so easy to do that. I know what you were thinking. <laughs> no, not really. 
<laughs> you're trying to understand just as much as you're trying to be understood. Uh, James, um, the Bible, I already mentioned this one, be uh, quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger, and that's in James 1.19. This means smiling more, making eye contact, putting your phone away, turning the TV off or down, not interrupting or just trying to think of what you'll be saying while they're talking to you. <laughs> uh, the better you do this, the, the stronger and, and healthier your relationship will be. I know, when you, don't you hate it when you're, ta- when you're talking to somebody and they're on their phone? Uh, kids do that more now than any other time. You'll be parents talking to the kids and they're on their phone. And it's like <laughs> hitting the phone, not the <laughs> or taking the phone away. But I, I tell you, sometimes it's like get rid of the phone. And and you know what? I think sometimes that's part of the problem that kids have today because there's so much on their phone. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to listen. They don't know how to do anything except hit those keys. Uh, number nine: be respectful. Remember, you guys are on the same team, so don't argue with the intent to uh, bury your opponent. Your goal is coming to some sort of resolution, so happiness, love, and peace can resume. James 1.20 says, Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So that's why we study, right? So we remember what God's word says. So if you always go into attack mode, you've got issues beyond this argument that you and the Holy Spirit need to address and address it immediately. Number 10, get some perspective from others. Proverbs 15:22, plans fall apart without proper advice, but with the right guidance they come together nicely. In all likelihood, some your colleagues, managers, pastors, friends must have experienced similar situations in some way or another. And you know what? There's nothing different under the sun. <laughs> and there's nothing that the enemy brings into your life that's different from anybody else's. He uses the same tactics on every single person. <laughs> uh, seek them out, share your story, and listen to what they have to say. You might... Uh, very well find some golden advice during the conversation because the enemy never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like God's word, amen? But we want to always keep God's word in the forefront of our minds. We don't want to let the enemy sneak in there and change how we're living, change our blessings. And, uh, And remember, we can bind the enemy, we can bind him out of our lives, out of our relationships, and, and, you know, and release God's goodness and his love in, in our relationships and never have to, you know, it's really great when you don't have to argue, you know, in your relationship. And it's like, Scott and I, actually yesterday was our anniversary. We've been together 44 years. And, uh, and I tell you right now, it's kind of nice being with somebody that you don't have to argue with that you can just talk to and enjoy one another. And, um, and he's such a character, you all know that. <laughs> but he keeps me laughing because he, he's always singing. He always has these little things that he says, you know, and, and when he starts dancing, that's just over the top. But, <laughs> but you know, but he's fun, he's funny. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for coming.
enjoy the service. Pastor Luke is preaching today. Pray for Pastor Larry for healing. Pray for their trip to be wonderful. They're going on this million-man march in Brazil. And actually, it's probably more than a million. <laughs> and they keep going and uh, let them, you know, relax. Well, I know they're not going to relax. I was going to say relax, but Pastor doesn't relax. <laughs> He's on the move all the time. But keep them in their prayers for their flight coming back and them going to Brazil. Amen. Enjoy the service. Have a great day. Blessing. Amen.